everyone, and welcome back to the third full episode of What You Said podcast. My name is Kaylee Elwell, and I am the owner of Kaylee Elwell Designs. I am a small business experiential brand consultant and digital designer. I love my job so much. I get to work with local small businesses all over New England, helping them create the ultimate customer experience through brand identity and digital strategy. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited to share with you my guest. She is a badass boss babe of a mom, small business owner. She is the current Mrs. Greater New Haven County, the owner of Crystal Teal Co., and has recently been featured on Fox 61 and in the Mrs. America pageants. I am, of course, talking about Crystal Teal of Crystal Teal Co. in Beacon Falls, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Crystal, and I own a small business. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so why don't you go ahead and list all of the amazing things that you do? Because you do so much, and it's amazing. <laughs> so I do quite a bit of things. Um, I'm a mom to three daughters and two bonus sons. Um, I also own my own jewelry line called Crystal Teal Co. I hand make all the jewelry for my jewelry line as well. I also have a called The Fashion Coach. And I am running for Mrs. Connecticut as Mrs. Greater New Haven County. You are amazing. Like, <laughs> I can't, I mean, I like think I'm multi- multitasking all the time. But then I hear all the things that you do. And I'm like, wow, women are so amazed. Like, they're, we're incredible, all the things that we can do in a day. I totally agree. Yeah. Thank you. So why don't you um, also just let us know, how did your Crystal Teal Co. start? So about seven years ago, I started crafting and working on jewelry in honor of my grandmother, who had passed away. And I just, it developed into more than a craft. And then people told me I should start selling it. So eventually I moved over into selling it. And it became a full-fledged business about three years ago. And I love it. And were you working um, a full-time job when you started? Or did you just kind of decide like this is what I'm going to do? Yes, I worked full time at the Veterans Hospital as a pharmacy technician. And then I also worked part time as a bartender because I just can't I always have this extra energy. I just can't stop moving. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally relate to that. Um, Where do you get your inspiration for your jewelry? I watched your husband last night. Um, do that video and show off all your jewelry. How freaking cute. Oh my God. I was like, my husband won't like, will never do anything like that. He's so shy. And I love your energy. Like you incorporate your family so much. Your husband is so involved. Um, where do you get the inspiration for your jewelry? And then I definitely want to talk about how you integrate everyone around you into your business. Thank you. Yeah. So my husband is the CEO of the business and I had to make him the CEO so he would stay involved. (laughs) I like to call him (laughs) the personality behind the brand. Um, (laughs) He's got lots of energy too, and he loves every second of it, even if he pretends he doesn't. (laughs) But (laughs) I get inspiration from a lot of different places. I really get it from friends, family. I see a lot of different people's styles and I like to make something that is um, sparkly, but affordable, you know, not, you know, mm-hmm. bougie on a budget. <laughs> but <laughs> I also really draw from different color inspirations, um, nature. I love like finding yeah. rainbows in different places and really going off of bright light and bright colors. Yeah. And your stones. So when I was watching him show off all your pieces, um, where do you get all your really, like you had, I think, Howlite and Pink Quartz was the one that I stood out the most to me. Yes. Um, but you also have pieces that have those really pretty, sparkly, bright, um, blue, like topaz looking almost. 
Yes, those are genuine Swarovski crystals. So those we have a wholesaler. We have a wholesaler for, we have multiple wholesalers for these, but it's pretty incredible because we refuse to use out of country wholesalers. We want to keep it American made only. I love that. That's another reason why I wanted you on this podcast, because I think it's obviously with the impact of COVID and we'll get more into that later. But small businesses took such a big hit. Yes. And some of them have decided to kind of stay stagnant. Some of them have decided to fold and close. And then others took this as, as I did, took this as a big opportunity to pivot. Right? Yes. And I love that you did that. Yeah. Thank you. And I feel like it's time now more than ever to shop local to really support those American and local made businesses. So I love that you like, I love that you film everything that you do from you guys making it to you guys talking about it. You really become quite um, like a, a blogger an influencer, a personality just like outside of the jewelry. Thank you. I really try to stay, you know, I try to just be really authentic and genuine. And the fact that we're a small business, and I know so many small businesses struggled with COVID, like you said, um, that's a really big reason why I made that my platform for the pageant, because I really want to get small business more recognition. I feel like they're really underrated, and they're really the backbone of the community. Absolutely. Let's talk about the pageant. I'm so excited that you're doing that. And I'm so proud of you. I have no place of being proud of anybody, but I'm so proud of you for doing that. Can you talk about that a little bit? I know you said shop local is like one of your platforms. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I was a sponsor for the pageant for the last two years and I've gotten really, you know, close with a lot of the women in it involved in it and a lot of the pageant contestants and the winners and they really pushed me to try, you know, to be a part of it, to join the pageant this year. And although I never considered myself a pageant type girl, I realized that why am I, you know, identifying myself and putting mm-hmm. myself into a box that a pageant girl should be one type of person. And I really felt like, you know, maybe I should use this potential platform to show women that you don't have to put yourself into a box and just be one kind of person and, you know, lose out on opportunities that you could have because you're assuming that you're not worthy. So I really wanted to help other women realize that and myself too, because we all do this to ourselves where we make ourselves realize I make ourselves think that we're not worthy of opportunities, but yes, my platform for the small business I thought was perfect because we are a small business. I am a president of Women Empowering Women Foundation, which helps to educate and empower women, business owners and entrepreneurs to further their businesses and learn and make, you know, contacts and network. And it's an incredible foundation. And I'm actually going to be working with doing donations through my business to them this year as as well, because I think that it's really important and that a lot of Um, entrepreneurs really just need more education, especially with the pivot that Mm -hmm. we're all going through right now. Yeah, let's talk about um, the education. How do you feel like entrepreneurs who are just starting or maybe in a rut, but really want to try to get out of that rut? What resources would you kind of drive them towards? I mean, I would definitely introduce them to my business coach, Doreen Dilger, who is the founder of Women Empowering Women. She is. Yes, we love Doreen. Yes, she's very informative. She has a lot of knowledge and really has helped a lot of women pivot. And I've watched it happen and it's incredible. And also, she's my business coach too. So I'd highly recommend her. She really gets you down to the nitty gritty and looking at the numbers and what, what everything, what kind of value it's giving you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have, um, so. You and I, it was only a matter of time before you and I became like linked up because we've been circling the same network of friends and the same network of such powerful, impactful women for I feel like the last three years. How long have you known Doreen for? Yeah, I've known her just over a year, probably close to a year and a half. But 
Okay. I agree. We've definitely been circling the same pack of women for <laughs> quite some time. Because <laughs> we, um, we face-to-face sort of met through um, Stephanie's in my program, um, Girl, We Got You. Yes. But um, which, it, which does touch on worthiness and gaining that confidence. So I can totally see how that program mixed with Doreen, mixed with everything you're doing. It's just the most potent, powerful, impactful, you know, potion that there could be. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But what kind of other networking events do you foresee in the future with COVID? How do you see those playing out now? So I see a lot of networking events going online, virtual um, Zoom meetings. I'm also involved with um, Ladies Power Lunch that I just joined. Mm-hmm. I did um, a live training for them. I just was um, a speaker at a seminar for Women Empowering Women. And I've been reaching out to a couple other um, women networking groups because I think it's really important to grasp the virtual concept since it's potential that we'll have a second wave of this. And I think we all need to be prepared. I, I agree. I, I agree. I think that along with shopping local and supporting your American and local made businesses, we really need to um, choose compassion over competition. Absolutely. And we need to learn how to collaborate better. We need to learn how to communicate better with each other. I mean, I don't, I don't really like I see other branding companies and instead, I'm taking the opportunity to learn from them yes. versus being jealous <laughs> about, you know, how many followers they have or, or their, the numbers on their posts or how much money they potentially could be making. Like, none of that should matter. That should all just be background noise at this point. And I feel like there's so many opportunities, right, to learn from one another. I fully agree. I am in my own category I feel like I have I know a million handmade jewelry makers and we've all worked Mm -hmm. together we've collaborated and we've promoted each other and the difference about your jewelry versus somebody else's and your business versus somebody else's is that you're you no one can take that away from you so if you brand yourself and you're authentic and genuine and you put your story out there that's unique that's something that is only specific to you. So you're no longer in a competition with women. You're just genuinely putting yourself out there. Right, exactly. And how how have you collaborated with these women? I know you do a subscription box. Yes, I do a monthly subscription box that we just launched last month. And I'm actually reaching out to different entrepreneurs to see if they'd like to add something to the box to you know, soup it up, so to speak, each Mm -hmm. month. And last month, we collaborated with Jacqueline Sullivan, who is incredible, and made these really fun koozies um, for the boxes. And they're really fun. They said absolutely stunning, which is funny, because apparently I say that about all of the pieces of jewelry when I do the show. (laughs) And I didn't realize it. (laughs) So all of my customers now say, oh, is it absolutely stunning about everything I talk about? (laughs) I've been finding that I've been saying yes, a hundred percent all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. I know. We just like catch on to these like phrases to like agree with people or to describe something. And it's, it's funny the way that those things kind of cultivate. Um, Do you have any exciting projects coming down the pike with your subscription boxes or anybody that you're really excited to collaborate with? So we're, we're working with Jacqueline again this month. I'm super excited about that. And I can't say what's going to be in them, but I can say it's exciting. But we are going to be branching out to a few more entrepreneurs in the future. But Jacqueline and I just have a good bond. And we met when we yeah. first started doing um, fairs together as, you know, just starting out our businesses. So mm-hmm. I think we'll probably stick together for a little while as well, but maybe add some more people too. That's awesome. And are they only um, jewelry designers or other fashion designers that you're collaborating with through these subscription boxes? No, actually. So she makes koozies and t-shirts and mugs and stuff like that. So she's not, you know, just in the fashion 
you mm-hmm. know, portion of it. So I'm, I'm trying to reach out to a little bit of everybody because we all have something to offer. And I think women don't as much as they love their fashion and their fashion accessories. I think that's a part of it, but I think there's a lot of other things they can enjoy too. Oh, absolutely. And who's your ideal client? Like not just for the subscription boxes, but for Crystal Teal Co. I know you said that um, with the Miss, Miss Connecticut pageant, these girls were reaching out to you, right? Yes. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, Yeah, sure. So I would say my ideal client is um, a mom and a mom who really doesn't value her time and herself and just defines herself as a mother. Because I think we all get stuck in that stigma and think that once we become a parent, that that's all we are now. Now we're just mom. That's us. But it's not only that's not the only part of us. It's just a part of us. We still have Mm -hmm. so many other pieces. And I think a lot of women miss that and forget that and, you know, almost go away from themselves for a little while. And I think it's great to pull that back in and let these women feel beautiful and worthy and reminders just even if it's just a piece of jewelry, it's sometimes a, just a reminder that we are special and we deserve to have something more than just being a mother. I could not agree more. I mean, I'm a newer mom. My daughter's 18 months. But man, that first year was such a struggle with my identity. I completely feel that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So I love that you are... Um, targeting moms and that you're trying to show them that there's sparkly pieces still to them yes that's awesome and then um how do you set goals for yourself within crystal teal co so i do monthly goals but then i also break it down week sorry weekly because if you don't really break it down weekly you're just setting a dream that's like how are you going to attain it so I break it down weekly and what I need to do to reach that goal and I mean I also set six months six month goals as well but I have to really break it down and how I'm going to get there and I think that the best thing that works for me is I do power hours with having all of these kids home with COVID Um, and now (laughs) and now it's summer so they're just going to be home regardless Um, Uh I do power hours. So as soon as I get a break in the day, maybe nap time, everyone goes outside and plays something, I stop. And for the next hour, I break it up into 15 minute increments and give myself specific tasks where I don't stop, don't look up, don't get distracted. Just I'm in the zone and I do exactly what I need to do. That's awesome. How long did it take for that kind of discipline? Mm. (laughs) I would say probably it took a year once I learned about power hours I was like okay and then as soon as you hear kids you're like wait what so it took me a little while to get used to it but now I just realized that it, it hit a point where I realized that I have to be a little selfish to be about you know to remember that I'm important too it can't just be a hundred percent all the kids you know and part of my part of valuing myself and realizing that I'm important is valuing my time and my business. So I have to tell them they have to, you know, watch a show, give mommy an hour. And that's just what it has to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that's so smart, (laughs) not just for your own mental clarity and your own mental health, but also the health of your business. Right. Absolutely. You talked about getting in the zone. I've had probably a million jobs. I'm only 29, but I've had a million jobs and I never really found any to do anything that I enjoyed as much as I enjoy doing this. And I feel like that's kind of how you know you're doing the right thing. Yes, I completely agree. I feel the same way about my business. Once it clicks, you just know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so sometimes within my business too, like I find myself doing something over and over and over and over and over again to try to perfect it. Is there anything within your business that you're constantly reworking? I would probably say my website. I'm always changing (laughs) (laughs) my cover photo, the featured pictures. Of course, I switch that up. The about me section I'm redoing all the time. I always just feel like, you know, 
it's never going to be perfect. It's still going to be me, which is a little messy and a little, you know, intentional. But it, I always feel like I'm striving for perfection with it, which is oh, unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I feel like I'm always on my laptop. I'm always tweaking things, fixing things like that. If you ever want um, a second set of eyes on it, too, from like a branding perspective, I'm more than happy to help you. I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then you're like we talked about earlier, you're amazing at social media. Um, I looked at your Instagram feed and the way that you have it all laid out is so you like I look at that and that's exactly what branding should be. It's bright and colorful and all of your pictures have um, I don't know if you use filters at all, but they all look very cohesive. Um, You have your product in all of them or you have your family integrated into them. So talk to me about your social media. How do you tackle that every day? Yeah. So social media is definitely, I love it. I used to have a love hate relationship with it because I couldn't figure it out for the longest. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle. Um, I think social media is extremely important, especially like we talked about now with everything being virtual because of COVID. And even though we're opening back up, we have to prepare for a potential second wave of this. And also, it's a mark of the times. We really need to be good at our virtual game, I would say. But yeah, I think that it took me a long time to figure out each form, each platform. And I feel like I really have a good hold on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm pretty much navigating Facebook. But I think that before you start a second platform and social media you have to really get to a point where you feel like you've mastered the first one and make sure that you're consistent before you move on to the next one and I think that's like the number one thing I could say I would definitely agree with that do you feel like your um target market leans more towards Instagram or Facebook see I always assumed it was Facebook because Sometimes I used to think that I'm personally my target market, but I think my target market is my age, maybe a little bit younger. So I would say Instagram and maybe even Twitter, which I'm just now starting to tackle. So don't ask me questions about that (laughs) because I'm really not sure yet. I'm working on it. But Mm -hmm. I think that Instagram is probably where a lot of my, I would say it really helped my business explode. And I didn't really expect that. Um, especially once I got the hang of it, I now have customers in nine countries and all 50 states. And that is all I would credit to Instagram. Wow. Yeah. And is the insights within Instagram, is that helpful to you? It is helpful, but I just feel like the consistency portion of it and, you know, staying cohesive in my brand is really important. And I think that without that, I wouldn't be able to be so fluid in my Instagram posts. Right, right. And um, are you able to have that swipe up feature? I don't have it yet. I've been waiting for it forever. (laughs) I know. So I didn't know this. I had to look this up. But you have to have something like um, 10,000 followers, I think. Yes. So it's always been 10,000 followers. But I just saw recently that a couple people I know who have less than that got the feature. So I'm not sure if they've changed it or not, but I definitely always, I've been striving for some time for the 10,000 mark where I could swipe up. I know. I would love to do that as well with like the podcast and my um, website and everything. So yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, And then we keep talking about how wonderfully you've integrated your family yes talk talk a little bit about that because that you said that your husband's the ceo Mm -hmm. and then you just um announced that your daughter is going to be doing an internship yes so my my oldest daughter is 10 and she calls herself the future ceo because she really wants to one day take over my company and obviously she's 10 so she's going to change her mind a hundred (laughs) times but I think that it's great that she wants to be involved right now. And I think that it's incredible because so many kids are growing up now without a really great work ethic. 
And I feel like my parents really instilled that, like, you know, you got to work hard to get, you know, further in life values in me. And I think that a lot of kids aren't really, they're kind of getting things handed to them, maybe um, spending a lot of time on TikTok. And don't get me wrong, my daughter totally does TikTok. But (laughs) (laughs) I think that giving her that work ethic at this age is really great way for her to set herself up with success in the future and know what it takes to build a company. I love that so much. And what an awesome thing as a mom to have created something where your family wants to be a part of it. Yeah. It's up to you. I love it. Actually, it's funny. My stepson just launched his own lawn care business as in his own little, you know, he's his own entrepreneur now, which I thought was pretty incredible. And he only did it because I taught him that he can do that. That's really cool. That's such a cool thing. When I started, um, when I start, I started probably three other companies before Kaylee Elbow Designs. And something that was so important to me once I knew that I was going to be a mom was that I was going to be my own boss because I wanted to create something that my daughter would be proud of. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. So true, though. We want our children to be like, my mom, my dad does something so cool. And one day I know I'm totally capable of doing something cool that I love too. Yes. I want my kids to feel like they have options and they don't have to just stop when they become a parent. They could still pursue their dreams. Exactly. Um, We talked a little bit about this already, but I was wondering if you had any other tips or tricks for new entrepreneurs or people who have small businesses. You talked about the power hour, but how else do you balance your work and your personal life? It's a struggle. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Some people say you have to carve out business hours. And I say that that's awesome for people who can do that. For me, it doesn't really work. My husband works from home now. So, you know, it's due to COVID. So he's been here mm-hmm. all day long. He works till five. And my kids are just, you know, all over the house <laughs> trying to find sure. things to keep them occupied. So I find the power hours work the best. I also think that we need to have moments where we're just hyper-focused into what we're going to do. And we need to really, what I like to do is I work task-based versus hours. And I say, okay, today I need to accomplish A, B, and C. And those things have to be done by the end of the day, whether I'm doing them at 10 o'clock at night or two o'clock in the afternoon, I need to get this done. Mm -hmm. So that for me works better. So I feel like I'm actually accomplishing things and I'm actually getting things done that I need done, but I'm not putting the stress on myself that it's not done by one or five. It's okay. As long as it gets done by the, by midnight, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the same thing goes with my household too. I mean, granted we only have a toddler, but um, my husband works a normal job. He works in construction and he works from, you know, 6, 5.30 in the morning and he doesn't come home until 5.36 at night. So mm-hmm. he's exhausted. So I try to do the majority of my work, you know, when my daughter's napping or carve out time where I know that she can be taken care of by another family member for an hour or two. And then sometimes I even do my work at night. Yep. I do the same thing. thing. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, this is my time now. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you could find that time. Exactly. So I don't really feel like, um, especially now with COVID, like I don't feel like there's going to be in another two, three years, there's going to be such a thing as normal work hours. I completely agree. Going to be kind of dependent on each business. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And then you also spoke about um, how your Instagram just kind of popped. Yeah. What other unexpected successes have you found within starting this business? Um, I would have to say, I mean, not just within the business, but putting myself out there and being really just genuine has really made people gravitate toward me more. Mm -hmm. I'm not just you know, giving you the highlight reel. I'm also giving you the low light reel, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the messes that my kids create, like the craziness, 
so I I also have a makeup company, but I go out there barefaced sometimes because that's real life. We're not always made up looking perfect with our hair in place. We're sometimes a hot mess. And it's okay to put that out there because if you don't, you're not relatable. So I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you then uh, talking about makeup. So I'm a girl that I don't wear makeup, not because I don't necessarily like makeup, but because I was never really taught how to apply makeup properly or or how to purchase makeup properly for myself do you have this is totally off topic but I'm really excited that you do this too because I have a photo shoot right coming up and one of the things I've noticed within your social media is that you are always like your face is always there whether it's your Instagram pictures whether it's you going on live like you make beautiful products with these bracelets but it's always like your family or your face up there. And I think that that's also why you've been as successful as you are, because you have been the forefront yes. of your business. Um, so like for me, I've, I've always been behind the scenes. So it's very uncomfortable for me now to be at the forefront. I don't post a lot of pictures of myself, A, because I don't really have them, but I don't have them because I've never wanted to take very many pictures of my face so now I'm like all right this is my business this is my brand people need to know me because I also 100% believe in authenticity and being genuine so I have a photo shoot with our beautiful friend Teresa and love her and um she said to me she's like are you gonna do your makeup And I said to her, "Uh, I don't know, because like you just said, I think it's important for people to see that women are just as beautiful, raw and natural as they are all dolled up. Absolutely. It's for me, I look at it and say, what makes you feel the most beautiful? Because it doesn't have to be makeup. Mm -hmm. As long as you feel your best, that's what you should put out there how you feel the best. I love that. I think you're right. That's why I was going back and forth. I'm like, do I put makeup on or do I not put makeup on? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could totally help you in that area if you want to do that. (laughs) So you'll feel better about it. But I really say genuinely put out there how you feel your best. Because in the end, we all Mm want to feel like we look good. So whether or not that's putting on some lip gloss, some chapstick, or just throwing our hair in a mom bun. If you're comfortable and you feel like you look good, put it out there. I I think I'm going to go with that. I think I'm I'm definitely more the mom bun type lately. Same. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need to get it up and get stuff done. That's right. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, let's circle back to this dreaded C word that we keep talking about COVID. Um, we've talked about your subscription boxes, obviously social media, how much this, the small business world is just changing because of COVID. Um, are there any other ways your business has had to pivot or adjust due to COVID? Yes. So we have our jewelry in some small stores in um, Connecticut and Massachusetts. And of course, due to COVID, everything's been shut down. So it's kind of like product just sitting there. But at the same time, I don't want to go pull product out because A, I really appreciate that small business, those small businesses that have, that were willing to put my product in their store. And B, they're going to open up eventually and I'm going to want my product there again. Right. So what do you do? So our goal this year was to get into 50 stores and obviously we're rethinking that now. So you have to learn to pivot. I mean, we do live sales every Saturday on our Facebook page Mm -hmm. and that's been really big. Um, You know, that's, we've been doing that for years. So that's been really helpful. Um, And then we are doing smaller ones throughout the week just to, you know, showcase what we have. But I think we've also been really pushing. We have two websites, our main website, and then we have an Etsy shop as well. And we've had to rely on those more. But I think it's a good thing because 
you can't guarantee sales from anywhere. So you really should be pursuing all avenues because you don't know where they're going to come from. You have to foster all those areas because you have to prepare for the worst or prepare for, you know, what if that store shuts down or what if they, you know, decide not to keep our product in there or, you know, what if this is a second round? You have to be prepared for how else you're going to handle it. Also, we used to do events, um, fairs, um, festivals and all that. We did them every single weekend, usually from March all the way through October and then we do Christmas ones in December um but yeah we are not doing any of those of course because they're all closed so we're just yeah. looking for new strategies on how to market online and market our shop right and are you able to um you're able to purchase right your product your jewelry through your website absolutely yes and do you link that back to Etsy to purchase or are able are people able to purchase outright from your website? They could purchase from either. Etsy is a separate, um, it's our Etsy shop is separate, but mm-hmm. they have the same products in both. So they're not integrated through just the website. You can go on Etsy because Etsy has its own, you know, set of customer base, people who like to shop just on Etsy. So that's fine. We keep it separated but they still have the same products so all of the all of the uh, products are reflected into both stores that's awesome I have quite a few clients that ask me about Etsy do you mind touching on that for um, entrepreneurs that and other small business owners that are interested in possibly pursuing a relationship with Etsy sure what's your experience been like so I like Etsy um for the fact that you don't have to necessarily just go outright and try to advertise your Etsy shop all by yourself. Etsy does some advertising for you. The customers are there. You just have to know how to pull them in. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I appreciate. It, a really successful Etsy shop would tell you that you still have to really work at it hard. And I do think that's true as well. But I, for me, I work harder on my website and I'm able to put my concentration there. And then my Etsy shop kind of does it for me a little bit. But I do really like the fact that it interfaces with Pinterest and Twitter. You could share products across every single day, which Mm -hmm. is really great because Pinterest is actually a huge traffic site for sales and products. So I highly suggest that. And they do have the ability to upgrade where you could have a blog on Etsy and you could change your domain to be, you know, your own company name instead of your Etsy shop name. Mm -hmm. So you own it a little bit more. But on the negative side, their fees did just go up and they're doing more ads on there that are like you have to pay for it to get more action on your page. For me, I don't feel that I've been affected yet, but I do think it's a big shift that a lot of people are deciding if they like still. Right. Right. And um, do you mind touching a little bit on how you price your products? Are they sure. different across your platforms or do you stay consistent with pricing? Um, I try to stay consistent with pricing. There's actually... Um, an equation that I don't have in front of me right now, but I, I'm pretty positive we do the cost um, times three plus your how much you're going to pay yourself per hour. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much gives you what your resale price should be. For a wholesale price, you should be doing like 50% of that. That's interesting. I feel like that's something that a lot of um, entrepreneurs who have products, especially jewelry or something that they're pouring, like art, right? That you're pouring yourself into and you're creating something. Yes. We, oh, and I forgot you should add 10% into there okay. just for loss prevention. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like this is something pricing, right? Our product or pricing yes. our service. This is something that sometimes people struggle with absolutely a lot of people struggle with pricing and I've struggled with my own you want to fall somewhere in the middle when you look at the other way you could do it I mean you should always go by an equation 
similar to that if that's not what you use. But mm-hmm. you could also look up similar priced items and you don't want to fall into the lowest, the, the least expensive category because then it's going to make it seem cheaper. Right. You don't want to be the cheapest, but you don't necessarily want to be the most expensive. You want to be somewhere in the middle, but I would say middle to high because right. if you underprice yourself, that makes a big difference too. I actually had to raise my prices because I was elevating my packaging. So I raised mm. it just a little bit because the, you know, the value of my product raised and also, you know, things, the prices on things are raised over time. And also I'm having to expedite things more, which is more expensive and harder to do now, especially. So I raised them slightly and I would actually made more sales after raising them. So when you devalue yourself, you really undersell and people feel it. They feel like maybe your product isn't worthy. So don't devalue your products. Absolutely. Especially with the the types of materials that you use. I'm looking at your Etsy shop now and you have sea glass, you have howlite, you have your Savorsky crystals, you have um, a ton of sea beads, you have pink quartz crystal. There's such beautiful um, materials that you're using. Yeah, so I'm sure that that's also added cost. Absolutely. And especially like we use things like Venetian glass sometimes. A lot of things, times we go and do buys at gem shows. So it's a little more expensive. You still get somewhat of a wholesale price, but then again, they have to make their bottom line too. And these are unique, one of a kind pieces that you're not going to be able to repurchase necessarily so it's sometimes more worth spending the extra money because the product is so unique and you know just that one-of-a-kind thing really pulls people in too Mm -hmm. have you had to put any policies in place with this business um with you know the the manufacturing and, and you putting things together and sending them out are there any policies that you found out along the way like oh I should put this in place Yes, I definitely had to put policies in place. And of course, in a small business, a lot of times you learn the hard way by doing things so many times and then realizing this is going to cost me money in the end. I need to make a policy. So I've learned that fixing pieces, if it's, you know, if you've had it for, I like to say if you've had it for 30 days and you need a product fixed, you're going to have to pay to get it fixed because... I don't mind repairing something that, of course, that, that was sent and something happened to it within the first few days. That's fine. But if you tell me that you vacuumed up your bracelet and that's <laughs> why it's in a big ball, um, you're going to have to pay to have me redo it because that's my time. Yeah. And also, I have to mail it back out to you because I did have quite a few customers think that I should be paying them to mail it to me and paying to mail it back. And I just, it's a complete loss if you do that. Right, exactly. And I feel like as small business owners, we are doing everything we can. This is all about what my business is about is helping people create this experience. Absolutely. I think you've done this so beautifully with your packaging, with how you package yourself too, um, in such a genuine way and how you go about treating your clients and your customers and how you go about creating each product. Um, I think that it's so important and a lot of times it's sort of sad because our clients don't really understand how much goes into creating this experience. It is. It's actually such a process. And I was thinking of, you know, I'm doing this hundreds, hundred days of live challenge. And I was thinking that each day I'm going to go and show a different part of the business that people don't actually realize is going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. so maybe they can understand the effort that goes into it a little more because it's really hard as a handmade business and a small business to be taken seriously and that that's your job I've had uh, that's I feel like has been a big thing I've had to face is oh this isn't just crystal crafting you know in her bedroom this is like a real job she has a desk in an office and she really has a bottom line and a business, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, from the customer standpoint, their experience begins as soon as they hear about you and your product, as soon as they see your product. 
Um, and then it, it goes on from there. They look at your social media, your website. It's all through the purchasing that they do, the ease of purchase, how they get the product. But from behind the scenes, it's so much more. It is. Yeah, you have to create the, you have to order all the materials, you have to think about the design, then you create the design, then you put it in the package, then you market it. And there's just so much more that goes into it. And that's something actually that Stephanie and I talk about constantly is um, how do we get people to understand that, yes, we're here to help, but we're also a small business. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a struggle, but I think that showing more behind the scenes and what you're doing, even if it's just small snippets of it, I think people need to see that and they need to see all the pieces that go into it. So they really appreciate it even more. And especially that you're a small, you know, company. And for me, it's, it's just me. And my, my husband helps with our lives. My daughter does help now with manufacturing. So it's basically just me and my family. And then I do have a friend or two who help out also that we pay as well. But I mean, it's not a big manufacturing, you know, plant. It's just a small group of people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So through everything you've done, everything you are doing, is there any advice that you would give to your younger self and then any piece of advice that you would give to another person starting a small business? Yes. So I would say number one that you probably hear all the time, but it's so true, is stay consistent. If you're Mm going to start doing something, don't stop. Because when we first started doing our live sales, we didn't, we didn't have as many people on because it was brand new going on Facebook live. Also, it was just, we didn't, you know, we assumed that if the audience wasn't there, they weren't going to see it. But what you don't realize is it takes time to build up an audience and it takes consistency to know that you're going to be on every single Saturday at nine o'clock forever. You know, people have to know when to expect you on what time, what day. So even if I go on a different day of the week just to do a surprise sale, I still keep it at that 9 p.m. time slot so that people know that's the time where you could look out for us. Even if we shock you with an extra sale that week, it's always going to be at 9 because that's the time you could rely on us to be on on live, you know? Right. But I would definitely say consistency is really important and being genuine. Don't put anything out there that you can't mm-hmm. keep up with. I think that's yeah, really absolutely. important. Absolutely. What about any advice you'd give to your younger started any of this? I think that a lot of businesses come on strong. And at the beginning, they're all about, you need to make money. You need to make money. You need to make money. So people have this thing, they, this way they put themselves out there where they're really spammy and they're not actually realizing how hard sales they're being and how salesy that comes across. And I think that the salesy aspect, I'm so over it. I did it Mm -hmm. myself. I made those mistakes, but I think it's not a great way to run your business. You want to run it more authentically, more. This is what I'm doing. This is, I'm putting this out there. You want people to appreciate you, but also appreciate the process. It's more important to make less sales and over time you'll make more it then go and do a fast hard line and say, okay, we want to sell this much immediately in the first month. I think that doing it so harshly and being a little spammier is just a turnoff to a lot of people and they don't want to be, you know, they're not going to, they might make, you might, they might buy once or twice, but they're not going to consistently stick with you. I have the same customers that have purchased for me for five years now, but that's because I always put it out there genuinely. And I, wasn't pushing them. I was just selling them not a, not just a product, but like a feeling, you know, they felt like they were a part of watching us grow. And I think that's so important. Oh yeah. I feel like part of having such an important part of having a small business is having a story to tell. Yes. And when your customers feel like they're part of that story, you'll have a loyal customer for life. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, So Crystal, I've never met anybody that fit their name more than you do. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I like the first time you told me your name, which by the way, if no one's picked it up by now, it's Crystal Teal. And um, the first time you told me your name, I was like, oh my God, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And then I saw your branding and I saw your little logo, which is a teal colored di- like diamond, right? Mm-hmm. The Sikorsky crystal, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this girl was made to brand. <laughs> like this girl was born to have a brand like this. Like there's nothing that's made me more excited in life than watching you do your thing like this. Um, but if you could leave the world with only a one word impression of you, what would that word be? Oh, geez, that's hard. I would just say authentic as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think Jen would Jen and Heather would love would love that. Yes. Um um, I I can't agree more. I feel like I feel like that's your word. I feel like authentic is absolutely your word. Like you just everything you do, it comes straight from your heart. It's just it's just you. And I feel like there's nothing that's setting up a brand or a person more for success and love and respect and support than exactly everything you do. So so I'm so grateful for you to come on my podcast to share all of your successes and failures and tips and tricks. How are people able to find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, people can find me right on Facebook at Crystal Teal Co. Make sure you add the CO there. Or on Instagram, I'm just Crystal Teal. Um, and then my website is crystalteal.com because we like to keep it simple around here. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have um, a badass blog. Thank you. Yeah, the blog is right on our website. So I'm super yes. excited about that. We're actually doing a crazy photo shoot this weekend, um, a body positivity one, and it's going to be awesome. Oh my God. Is Teresa doing it? No, actually this one. Well, Teresa is doing a photo shoot for us next week, but this one, my husband's doing, um, (laughs) if you want me to tell you a little sneak peek, it's kind of crazy. It's going to be a naked photo shoot (laughs) and it's going to feature me (laughs) with just the jewelry and me in my birthday suit so yeah it's a body positivity one but it's just a way to put myself out there and to help other women realize that you don't need to feel ashamed of you know your body or feel less than and again feel worthy you know always feel worthy of your of what you have and what you deserve absolutely well I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes Um, If anybody's interested in finding Crystal and purchasing her jewelry and learning more about her and her family, you can just look right below this podcast and click on any of the links there. Crystal, the world needs more of you. (laughs) We need more crystals in this world. So thank you so much for being you and everything you do. And um, I'm so excited to hopefully collaborate sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Oh, good. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more about today's guest, please check the show notes below for all the links. If you are or know someone who would be a great fit for the podcast and is a local small business owner with a story to tell, please visit www.kaleeellwelldesigns.com forward slash what you said podcast. Until next time.